Okay, so this is 256, right? Yeah. 256 straight Uh, weeks. Again. By Curious Weeks. By Curious Weeks. We don't know what these weeks are. You know, they don't know. So don't don't go assuming how these weeks are going to (laughs) go. Somehow I feel like calling them by Curious is more offensive than just stating that it's straight weeks or an uninterrupted streak or whatever we want to call it. I mean, you're not wrong. In fact, you're very, very right. It's not right at all. <laughs> yeah, but since We're, when has anything we've ever fucking done been right? Yeah, exactly right. Well, hey, listen, if our government doesn't have to do anything right ever, why should we? Until you schedule with Darren, you don't get to talk about that stuff. I know, I'm still working on getting some free time get, fucking doing that, because I want to get in on that. The following show will destroy your self-worth with excessive expletives, overtly descriptive sexual deviance, and more desperation for external validation than any so-called entertainment should ever be allowed. Two talentless losers who are about as insightful and provocative as a comatose jellyfish. Cinema Psyops. A tendency to deprave and corrupt those whose minds are open to such immoral influences and to whose hands a publication of this sort may fall. So if someone of a dirty bird gets hold of your stuff and it makes them a dirtier bird, then it's labeled obscene. Encouraging the lowest, most base, and animalistic of desires to all who will listen. Because we, as a society, have decided that cinema psyops represents our base and vulgar impulses, and that acknowledging our use of it rattles our collective conscience. I was trying my best to make a positive impact in the lives of others, but secretly I was involved in a relationship that was taking over my life. Cinema Psyops. It was leaving me wounded and depressed, unable to even manage the relationships that mattered to me. Auditory vermin infesting every aspect of the human condition, spreading their filth and foul disease. The Black Plague of Podcasting. Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. Welcome to 256 straight slash by curious slash we don't care what you're into just be fucking into it weeks of cinema psyops i'm your host court feigning the best happiness i possibly can and sitting all the way in the bunker feigning whatever bullshit he has to to get through life is matt ah fake laughs real tears my life has become (laughs) that goddamn gif of Kristen bell laughing and then immediately crying and laughing at the same time that is my daily existence god damn it well there's nothing wrong with it i mean that's just welcome to america and welcome to being a bean on this planet earth and Uh, welcome to reusing jokes that are also going to be in the intro like we haven't done that before yeah right so welcome to the same old same old fucking bullshit just another goddamn week of it but we're here (laughs) with a handy sedaris film to talk about tits and try and make it feel better but it just lots of more tits in this one than the last few 
It's just not working. Not not doing it for you this time, or I don't know. Maybe the stress is just getting to me. Maybe it's the fact that even if we climb over the hurdle that is COVID nineteen, the planet's still trying to kill us because we've been killing it for you know the entirety of our existence. So you know, either way, we're <laughs> fucked as a species, and uh, let's just all get it over with. Uh, on the plus side, I'm not worried about paying off my debt anymore. Oh man, now you're on the nihilistic train like me, motherfucker. I've been waiting for you to get to this fucking party. Minimum payment due credit cards sure why the fuck not all right fuck all that man you know i just took out the highest interest load possible there's no way i'm gonna pay that thing over 24 months fuck that shit it just doesn't really feel like any of it fucking matters because no, it, it really doesn't to to be 100 percent <laughs> honest man i'm sorry join us on this ability to be nihilistic and once you realize that nothing matters it really opens you up to caring about nothing at this point i might as well just start roaming around in public licking doorknobs just to hasten my goddamn death yeah then watch you're like one of the asystematic people so you got it but it didn't do anything to you <laughs> that's your luck right there <laughs> Yeah, it really would be. <laughs> it really would be your luck. <laughs> Just like, well, fuck. As much as my wife wants to go out and fucking socialize and be all up on everybody's business and then bring it home to me and act like nothing's going to be wrong, I probably already am an asymptomatic carrier. I probably already am. We probably both already fucking have it. For I all probably. I, know. I don't know. I'm shitting blood a lot. That's not one of the things of it, though, right? I got. I, I got. No, that's else. because you're an alcoholic and you're in severe oh, liver failure. Right, 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 right. Well, at least something's happening. <laughs> yeah, complete renal shutdown. Not a big no. deal. Asymptomatic COVID virus carrier. Panic. panic. Everyone panic. Everyone panic. Black. Never mind. It doesn't Whatever. matter. Whatever. I'm dying. Okay, we're fine. Don't worry about it. Hey, is it weird that my Look, skin's all yellow? if you're over 50, do you get your fucking colon checked every 10 Everyone years, Everyone needs to get their That's colon checked. But if you have problems, like in your family history, you should start that shit at 40. Or 45, yeah, yeah, whatever. What, whatever your physician tells you, but definitely talk to one of your physicians. The one thing on both sides of my family, cast iron guts. Yeah, mainly, you know, I haven't really heard too much about my family history like that. I don't think there is much. Most of my family history is just men just dropping dead randomly. So, I mean, that's always something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, heart attacks or massive coronaries are kind of in my family and the, the keto diet and dropping more and more weight has been because that's one of the biggest factors of making your heart work yeah. too hard. And uh, I'm I'm being mindful of that. Same and, thing with uh, me. I'm going know, out on walks every morning. He walks to the liquor store to buy yet another pocket <laughs> no, fifth. No, not that all the time. <laughs> sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes it's just to get a can of Miller, and that doesn't even count as alcohol. Unless it's High Life, because that's the that's, champagne of beers. That is the champagne of beers, and then you're not drinking alcohol, sir. You're just drinking the finest thing in life. But only if it's bottled and or canned in the champagne region of West Virginia. Otherwise, it's just sparkling or champagne, piss. champagne, uh, Illinois. Right, one of those, one of those two. two places. <laughs> champagne, Illinois, which I'm pretty sure is made out of solid piss. I'm not going to diss on how Illinois. I'm not falling into your goddamn trap. <laughs> So this week's movie is Hard Hunted. Once again, Cynthia Brumhall is back to sing us a wonderful, and by wonderful, I mean it exists yeah, song. You know what I felt was weird? Like, you know how we said, yo, guns should have been named guns because there wasn't a lot of guns in it? No one was uh -huh. really hunted here. Not like the girls were in the last movie. That should have been probably Hard Hunted. The only thing that was really hunted hard was the yeah, Jade Buddha. But, I mean, I'm just saying, it seemed weird that, like, it wasn't right. <laughs> That's the thing I have noticed about a lot of these Andy Sedaris films when you watch them all in a row. 
There's a whole bunch of stuff that just feels not titles, quite right about them. The titles are all wrong. It's the wrong tone. If they do this again, I'm going to stab <laughs> them in the face with a soldering iron. I'm talking about my guy all wrong. Well, speaking of talking about things all wrong, it's finally time for us to take that first yeah. break. We're going to have the Legion GoFundMe promo. We'll have Cynthia Broomhall performing the main theme for the misnomer that it is, Hard Hunted. And when we come back, we will have the trailer. This is Bo from LegionPodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy time, and when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand-scale take-a-penny-leave-a-penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar. For those who are directly affected by recent events and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on, well, how about you give me a shout at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter at Legion Podcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping in. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon. Waking up at the crack of noon, that's the life for me. A tropical drink waiting by the band to raise me back into reality. Then I dip in the water, cause it's getting hotter. A few drinks later, it's night. It takes a lot of work just to play this hard, but I know I'll get it right. Another day in paradise. Shaking, baking the sun. Another day in paradise. They tell me I'm having fun. Another day in paradise. A frolicky in the phone. Another day in paradise. I never wanna go home. I, 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 I. Well, there we go. This is sort of like if Cynthia Broomhall sang a Jimmy Buffett song, only she's super fucking hot, so she exactly. can get away with it. Yeah, it's, it's a, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It made me want to have an island getaway. It really did not make me want to have an island getaway. All it really made me want to do was play this trailer. Hard hunted. They're back. The sexiest G-men in G-strings. This time, they're hot on the trail of a stolen nuclear trigger device. The most valuable artifact in the world kills everyone who stands in your way. I have a feeling I can forget about my tan. It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Survival of the fittest. Hard hunted. Someone will not get out of this alive.
Is it the guy who just did yeah, that Yeah, he just or? expired right at the very end of that. He's like he was having a heart attack. He's like, hard hunted. Oh, good. Oh, good. Someone's not getting out of this alive. He's like trying to signal for help. Tell my wife I love her. Someone's not getting out of this trailer alive. <laughs> no, all right. Hard hunted. So we uh, see some peeps on a boat, and they uh, a nice little yacht thing, and they go and grab a a, a marker, like a uh, something that's been landing in the water has a flare sticking out of it. Uh, then we cut to uh, on the same boat. Uh, a dude has a three way with uh, a couple of ladies. So um, good on you, I guess. That is supposed to be the same character that yeah, Pat Morita played in it, the last. That is film. Jade, uh, or not Jade, uh, Kane. Jade is the actual device they're looking for. But yeah, that was Kane with uh, uh, Silk, I believe her name is, who is the double agent, and then another lady. So they retcon Pat Morita out of it when the offer of boobs being rubbed all over him was not enough for him to come Oof. back. I'm thinking Karate Kid, like, two or three was kicking in about the time that this movie was made, or maybe even four, and Pat Morita was all like, nah, forget about you guys, I'm going to get an actual paycheck, and then I can pay someone else to rub boobs yeah, in my and face. Yeah, it, oh, it, it could also be that they uh, wanted to go with a younger person. Or maybe, just maybe, they never hired him and just decided to reuse the character all the way to begin with. That could be. They they even call him. They're like, yeah, fuck it. What do we care? No one's going to realize that it was Pat Morita in the last film. We'll just retcon punch that out. Who's even going to realize that? Losers who probably do a fucking podcast someday. And then somebody looked at somebody else. Yeah, what the fuck is a podcast? This is the 90s, <laughs> And he's bro. like, no fucking idea, but it sounds like something that douchebags are going to do. And we have to sit here and be like, yeah, he, he was right. Well, the joke's still on <laughs> them because we're still yeah. around 256 yeah. weeks later. Very curious weeks. So anyway, um, the uh, then Kane on the boat, he gets a very small green Buddha-like statue. He states that it's the most valuable artifact in the world. Uh, he, uh, then his, uh, as they're having kind of some lunch on the thing, uh, Silk, she writes the word safe on her glass. The other one comes up. She, you know, uh, breathes on the glass, sees it's at safe, and then uh, cleans it up. So uh, then we cut to Edie singing in her own joint now, uh, not in Vegas anymore. She's in Hawaii. She's singing a song, the song we just heard. So everyone got to um, enjoy that. She's uh, sitting on the bar. In probably the most conservative performance outfit we've seen her wear to date. I mean, they're like hip hugger jeans and then like a a bra like top thing with sort of like another one of those like little coats to cover up her arms. But it was a very 90s style outfit and Cynthia Broomhall still looked amazing in it. Don't get me wrong. She looked amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Edie is my character. So yeah. Yeah, You and Mr. Jensen uh, as well. Uh, Now, I do have to state that this is probably the most subdued of all of her performances we've seen so far. There's no real dancing routine numbers. It's mostly her sitting on a bar, walking to the other side of the bar, getting help up to the bar to stand on the bar, and then plopping right back down to sit on the bar as another lady with large breasts walks through the gate. This was more about the singing than the performing. You know, sometimes you have that. Which I'm perfectly fine with, and I'm glad that they took that tact here. With a song that is, while heavily Jimmy Buffett influenced, uh, it's at least tolerable to listen to, unlike last week's countrified line dancing monstrosity that That we suffered through. That was bloody horrific. That was not fun. (laughs) I, once again, 
just just muted it and made it through i feel like most of the reviews for the current week are always going to be us bitching about what we endured in the movie in the last yeah right we we kind of turned that into this sedaris fest as we just the current week we complain about the week before um (laughs) that's uh that's a that's a that's a new feature in cinema psyops congratulations no that we've we've pretty much been bitching about whatever it was from the week before the next week shut up motherfucker they don't remember that shit We've been doing that for at least a good 240 years. Yeah, episodes. but our fans, they don't remember that shit. You're the only one who remembers that fucking shit. No, they remember. All right, All right let's you. move on. Back at you, <laughs> shithead. Uh, then, um, uh, then we see a woman driving up in a KSXY radio truck. So it's K-Sexy, I guess. Congrats on the radio station. I mean, can we be any more on the nose? I mean, they could have called it K-Pussy. <laughs> K-P-S-S-Y. K-fucking station. (laughs) K-T-T-Y. K-titties. Oh, good God almighty. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been the better. K-T-I-T-T-Y. K-titties. So anyway, uh, that woman enters the radio station that is also in the same hotel that Edie's restaurant is in. This hotel has everything. Radio station, fucking uh, sing-along bar. I mean, it's a pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, it's almost like it's a hideout for a high-level sort of independent spy company founded by people who fail up and utilize their daddy's money to do so. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, that's true. That's fine. (laughs) I mean, it's basically the Abilene's are a less sinister version of the Trump's. Yeah. And they squandered their money on wasteful hotels in places, including hotels that have an all-inclusive radio station. Although, I mean, they, they seem to still be making money, so I don't know. Can't be that bad. It's like uh, the main Abilene is still alive. The daddy, which would be Fred Trump in this case, is still yeah. alive and making money as an Abilene. Only less scummy. So anyway, she enters there. Shane's in this studio, and as well as some bikini-clad young lady. Uh, uh, then Ava decides to get on the mic. Her name's Ava, and it's time for the show so we'll get on the mic she strips down a bit so she's only in a bikini while doing the show because i know i can't do this show unless i'm only in a banana hammock i mean that's how we do this show but that's just because the studio used to get really warm i know right but i mean i just feel like that's right well, Shane was doing it with even less clothing on than what he puts on after he's done. Yeah, this isn't a good work environment. Well, they're dressed appropriately for a visual medium, like if they were video jockeys instead of disc jockeys. That's what I'm saying. This is not an appropriate work environment. I mean, it's extremely appropriate as soon as Shane disappears and there's nobody left but things I want to look at. Oh, well, okay. See, now that might be counted as sexist. I need to report to the HR office immediately. There is no HR in Cinema PsyOps. Oh, man. <laughs> well, we got to get to work on that. Uh, all right. So anyway, the show is playing and we are hopping back on the boat and they're even listening to the show. And we see... That the other lady who was in the three-way with Kane and the other woman, she's drugging Cade's drink. She was involved in the three-way, but she's also the one who, who was saw the, the word safe on the right. glass. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she is a waitress slash. She, she's probably sex. an operative of some kind. She's she's obviously an operative because yeah. the word safe is not just a safe word. No. It's where they yeah. put the, the, the jade. Right, where the Jade Buddha is now placed. So the whole entire thing, this whole entire operation, is basically they have to fuck Kane to get information out of him. So they are literally pumping him for information. Yeah. 
So uh, as he gets ready to try to go to Pound Town uh, with uh, his lady friend there, he uh, passes out. So sorry, but we do get to see boobies. So thanks, movie. It looked like he finished and then went to sleep. So I don't know if they really needed to drug him. All they really needed to do was let him get laid. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think he laid, though. He, he laid down. It was like during foreplay and he passes out. Wow, that's what we like to call the Matt Psyop. <laughs> no, Matt Psyop doesn't get to foreplay. He just passes out. Uh, <laughs> he says things like, you look real pretty tonight, and then, plunk, then, then on I'll, the floor, gone. And usually I'm talking to my own reflection in the mirror. You're looking real pretty tonight, clonk. <laughs> then you wake up with the dresser embedded in your forehead, and you yeah. have to figure out a way to get it out of there. <laughs> God damn it. What the hell happened? Uh, hey, I'm looking real pretty tonight. Um, so then, uh, Ava then uh, gives a message. Uh, this is Ava um, to a guy. So Ava is on the radio, and she gives like a message, almost like a little secret message to a guy who's sitting in a car, and he hops on his. He goes, "Thanks, Ava," and he hops on his surfboard and heads out. So um, the other lady who had who stole the she's stealing the jade. Out of the safe, and a, another kind of boat worker comes up, a guard, and she shoots and kills him. So then she takes the artifact and escapes off the boat to the surfer dude whose name is Cole. Okay, uh, she escapes in the loudest way possible. She makes yeah. the biggest splash possible. Yeah, that, She looks that, twice. Someone's looking right at her. She throws something off the edge of the boat. It makes a kerplunk and then floats back up. Then she jumps right on top of it, makes a louder kerplunk, and that, comes right back up. That would not score well in the diving Olympics. I'm just telling you right now. That would not, that would not score well. That wouldn't be good. Either that or this uh, cane guy centuries are like the guys in the original fucking Metal Gear Solid where uh, it's just a box. It's just a box. Don't worry about it. Sneaky. <laughs> just some uh, floating garbage looks like whatever. Right. Who cares? So then they get back ashore and she's like, uh, she's got a shower right away. So um, boobies again. So thanks, movie. She has uh, to wash off the salt water and or all of the filth that Kane left behind in the three way. Yeah, exactly. How else is she supposed to get the taste of weed and hooker spit out of her mouth? <laughs> Sam Adams. Always a good motherfucking choice. <laughs> Shit's good. She then calls into the radio show, and that's actually our first clip. Hello, Ava's love line. Hello, Ava. I'm a loyal listener. It's Nika. I've been unfaithful and I've run away for good. My lover's very powerful and I'm afraid of him. Sounds like your cover's blown. I have to get to a safe place. I need a friend. We all need to get away from bad relationships. How far are you willing to go? All the way. I want to share this gift of love that I carry with me before it's destroyed by hate. Take this opportunity to distance yourself until your lover has worked out his rage elsewhere. Try to meditate in a special area such as just north of Sedona, Arizona, where the magnetic vortex at Cathedral Rock is a site of great regeneration. Yes, okay, I've got it. A place just north of Sedona, Arizona. Cathedral Rock. Thanks, Dave. I think I'll try that. All right. So we see where they're pointing to is labeled Donna and Nicole. So she's sending her to Donna and Nicole, which is smart. 
Yeah. So, so the radio is like this coded message thing that they're trying to do, and it feels like Andy Sedaris may have caught up on Hogan's Heroes or something. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> you know, it's like instead of a teapot, they just threw a radio station in the hotel that's right next to Edie's fucking bar in the same hotel. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and that's how they're broadcasting messages out across all of the Hawaiian islands for ah. the, these people to stay in contact unless it's relayed to the mainlander or something i don't yeah, know yeah i don't know if i could just fucking just boobies k-court boobies yeah so, but within the first 12 minutes we get a lot of nudity but so far all we've gotten is complicated plot line that's getting in the way of my boobies <laughs> so anyway so uh so then she gets on a flight heads to arizona so then we cut to donna and nicole are sending themselves having just what appears to be a fun little vacation for the two of them why are they laying in rocks in the middle of a fucking river in Sedona to sunbathe when they live on a fucking beach in Hawaii? Uh, maybe Hawaii represents work to them. Okay, so, fair point. I can see where Hawaii would represent work to you. But why are so, you sunbathing on rocks in Arizona in a stream? I, I'm assuming because it's cinematic. <laughs> Okay. I, I can't I can't really there's no there's no real point. I don't know, man. They, they don't know how to vacation well. They both are selling it that this is the greatest thing ever for them to lay on yeah. two giant rocks on a river in Sedona. Sure. The actresses look amazing doing it. Their little bikini outfit things that they have on are really well styled. Their hair is kicking for being laying around in a river all day. Yeah, right. But I have a hard time believing that this is the way that anyone would choose to unwind. It's now yeah. If you're out there somewhere listening and you think that laying on rocks in a river to sunbathe is the greatest thing that you can do to unwind, first, I'm sorry, and second, at me on this because I am not convinced. <laughs> Don't even at me on this, man. I just know it's not good for you. You lay on the rocks long enough, you're going to get piles. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be good. It's not good. There's bugs in there, man. Real bad bugs, too. Especially in Arizona, for fuck's sakes. The yeah. The place is mostly bugs. It's all lizards, actually. Not so much the bugs, but it's all lizards. It's but all what lizard do you think the there. lizards live on? That's right. All bugs. All bugs, all lizard all the time. <laughs> Especially in a river because most of the really bad bugs that are going to be at the West Nile and the other shit that you don't want are in the waterways. Yeah, Especially right. Especially in the desert. They're in the waterways. Exactly. So then after this, we cut to a meeting in Washington, D.C., and that is our next clip. What the hell is a Klystron relay? It's a superconductor, sir. Capable of withstanding incredible heat and radiation. Very small, easily transportable. Senator, a Klystron relay is a trigger for a nuclear bomb. I see. Lucas, this report indicates that one of these devices was stolen from a red Chinese lab. It could be a deliberate attempt by the Chinese to shake us. General, how long ago did this occur? Naval intelligence believes that the Klystron relay was smuggled out of China sometime yesterday afternoon. A drop seems to have been made over the Hawaiian Islands. Kane, that's why I'm here. You have agents in Kane's organization? Yes, and a tracer around his neck. If he makes a move, I'll know it. Lucas, if a Klystron relay were to wind up in the Middle East, we could be facing a whole new ball game. Iraq has already been importing lithium-6. If Kane were to sell them a nuclear trigger, they'd have everything they need for a full-scale arsenal. And that's just one possible scenario. Kane has arms connections to every third world war zone. We must catch him before he sells it. We were not to be disturbed except for an emergency. Lucas, it's for you.
finally. Lucas, I've been trying to reach you for hours and they couldn't locate you. Agent Stark, I'm in a top priority meeting. Slow down. Mika is headed to the mainland with a gift that she stole from Kane. Gentlemen, I think my team already has some information that'll help us out. Where's Mika headed? I'll be there as soon as I can. Just don't forget to come out to Molokai and thank me personally, Mr. Big Shot Desk Jockey. <laughs> okay. So anyway, we find out that uh, uh, that this is some uh, important nuclear-type equipment hidden inside of this artifact. So, you know, don't fuck it up. <laughs> Smugglers 101. Yeah, always always put it in your butt, not, not in some statue. No, everyone's going to search a statue. Hardly anybody wants to search in your butt. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of clips in there. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let's see here. So then the boat peeps find that the uh, dead guy is lying there uh, just messing up the floor and that Mika is missing. So then uh, all of a sudden we see on the boat, Cole shows up, the traitorous, traitorous little fuck. And he is a apparently a double agent. And Kane decides he's going to kill him because Mika got away, but then spares him as Cole tells him exactly where Mika is going. You could just tell by the look of the guy. He just looks like he the looks kind like of person that would double cross you or steal your furniture when you let him stay time. with you for a day or two. Big time. You were so right. He just looks like a fucking weasel. Just like, oh. You He's know, like every bad character on a daytime soap opera rolled into one punchable face. Yeah. Kane then tells his, uh, you know, his confidant lady, who's also a double agent, uh, but on the good side, that he is just the man who can find the trigger. Um, and so we meet this guy and he's one of those guys who's been in a lot of stuff. Al Leong. Yeah, he was. Uh, it was in some of these movies, but he was Big Trouble, Little China, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we we went. We've covered yeah. Al Leong's illustrious career, and there is a documentary about Al Leong's life. I can't remember the title of it off the top of my head, but if you Google Al Leong and documentary, you will find it. And nice. It's really excellent because this has been his entire career has been doing these kind of parts and really being a standout unique looking and actually very talented actor apart from the fact that he's actually an excellent martial artist as well yeah is he still alive i believe he is yes excellent. Uh, last as i checked anyhow but you know the way things are going now i'm afraid to look up anybody that i give a shit about to see if they're still yeah. around yeah it's always just, uh, doesn't doesn't seem like it's gonna treat you all that well yeah, waking uh, up every morning to yet another legend that I love dying is not exactly how I want to spend my fucking life. Who's 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 the last one? Tino Morricone. We'll move on. It's okay. it's already been talked about. All right, not a problem. So anyway, he also has a kick-ass looking like chopper. It's a kick-ass little vehicle he's got going on there. See, when you say chopper, I think motorcycle. But what you mean is a very tiny, looks kind of like a one-fifth scale to an actual Black Hop chopper. Yeah, but it's a helicopter. I call it the chopper. Get to the chopper. It's not really a chopper. It's more like chopper. Yeah, it's, it's more like, hey, get to the chop, guys. Get to that chop. It's a uh, whirly bird. That's all that is. Yeah, it's a whirly bird. Uh, so it's got anybody, a lot of fucking weapons. For it's got a lot of firepower on it. Than it is. Yeah. It's tiny, but it's got a lot of firepower. It's all it's all about how you use it, I guess. Uh, so is this a metaphor for penises? Then I'm is that what this is delved into? Positive. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's not the size of your fucking whirly bird. It's how you fly it. Yeah, that's right. It's not the size of the whirly bird. It's how you use it. Uh, it's the way it displaces air to lift itself off the ground. <laughs> so then we cut to Mika's driving to meet with Nicole and Donna, who then we see are frolicking around, just having a great time. Mika then drives up to the ladies. As she's walking up, the ladies see her. The chopper attacks, shooting up the place and killing Mika. Did it look like this was a model for a lot of these shots where it was flying around more yeah. so than what? Yeah, I'm right. Now, you know, okay, we did not have a, uh, I'm going to uh, spoil it for everyone. There's no remote control thing in this movie that, so I think this is the remote control thing, but we're just led to believe it's not. Okay, so I want to posit this to you. Alion gets into an actual, like, one man style weaponized sort of chopper thing. Yeah. He jumps inside that fucking thing and, like, you see him, like, doing stuff in the cockpit there. But then when it's actually flying, there's a couple shots where you see the actual helicopter flying, but then you see sort of like this other one that is obviously tinier whenever it flies past trees and things like that. So do you think they had the actual helicopter, like they rented it for a little while for somebody to be flying around for a few shots, and then somehow he had a scale model built that he could just kind of throw in there as well? Because there was a few shots that looked like a helicopter, like the actual little helicopter, and then the rest of it looked like a miniature version of it. That's possible. I would think that's probably most likely would happen i could also see it was just nobody was ever they never had a they maybe had a life size of that chopper but it didn't actually like fly that's you know a possibility I mean? as well yeah like, I it was think just like a like a like a thing they built and then all the flying is done by a chopper that was like a mini thing that they could remote control i think yeah, that's, that's what it was that's the other thing that i was thinking of so maybe the ones that felt like somebody was actually in there and it was actually like that size chopper flying yeah maybe that was just where the scale was working but there's a couple times where they fly it past like a tree or a mountain and i'm like no that is clearly just a model fucking chopper yeah right which oddly enough gave me a lot more enjoyment than just watching them fire handguns at a regular chopper i'm like oh it's a model yeah right it's a model like whatever uh <laughs> but anyway, so while she's dying, she gives uh, the ladies the trigger. And uh, so they run away and they land and he his name is Raven and he checks out Mika's body but finds that the, the jade is gone. So then he gets back into his uh, whirly bird and he chases the ladies. We see two cops are sitting in a car and they see him so he can actually hear all the radio broadcasts. And he actually kills both the cops. Best part of the movie. (laughs) Holy Jesus. And uh, so then uh, Raven is listening more to some radio chatter. And he hears that reinforcements are on their way, including like the military. So he has to skedaddle. Well, that's Uh, what he gets for murdering two cops. And then the ladies decide they will head back to headquarters. And they know this has must have something to do with Kane. Well, that lady was working with Kane, and she just shows up with a Jade Buddha that she hands off to one of them, so it's not exactly like detective skills of a Batman level to figure that out. I know. I was just like, but it was like, Dad was like, this has to be something to do with Kane, and we're all like, fucking probably, yeah. What else did you think it was? Well, Donna's, like, really brooding whenever she talks about Kane in this movie. Like, they've got this, like, serious long-term thing other than the fact that Kane tried to kill them in the last movie. So it's like, I don't know, like, Kane's the one that kidnapped her mother from, like, guns or some shit. Because she's yeah. just like, Kane! Kane! Or maybe they just were like, you know, we really love the way that RoboCop shouts Kane at yeah. Kane in RoboCop 2. Maybe De- we can have Donna Spears do that for this movie. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Kane! 
never alive. You're coming with me. <laughs> and uh, Duffy. 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 <laughs> Tastes like baby food. That's, for some reason, that's always in my head when we talk RoboCop. <laughs> but they, he <laughs> ate baby food. Um. So anyway, uh, the cops, then we cut through cops finding the destruction and they're dead guys, but that never leads to anything. It's just a weird filler scene. So Raven then uh, calls in for help finding Donna and Nicole. He is like a dispatcher looking out there for him. The ladies then call Lucas, but he already left Washington, D.C. on a priority mission. They can't get a hold of him. So they decide they're going to go ahead and head back to Hawaii and the main headquarters. Uh, then we see the bad guys are finding all that, this out information, so they also know. So then Kane tells Raven to bring his whirly bird back to the island. Uh, so then Lucas calls Edie. He tells her about Mika, and then he said he knows that Donna and Nicole are, are on their way to Hawaii. He tells her to send Bruce and Shane to get them. Then he tells his own pilot to go ahead and start heading towards the island we cut to shane he's trying to show this new lady agent there how to shoot but again he can't hit shit because he's a fucking albaline and what do fucking albalines even do how are they even agents they don't do anything can we also talk about how he's firing off to a beach that anyone could be walking said out of water or yeah. say out of the sand or buried themselves in the sand. And he's just firing willy nilly from the back of a radio station and a hotel sitting in a hot tub like a jackass, like a complete jackass. And then like he an misses. Yeah. And then he misses all of that. You know, he misses all the cans and then she takes the gun, hits all the cans. He fires three shots from the six shot revolver. Yeah. Does property damage and basically toughs up a bunch of sand on the other side of the property. She yes. then takes the gun from him. He says something about careful, the site's a little low or whatever. And then she immediately hard plunks all three cans like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And so, you know, just an al as as normal, an albaline is kind of useless. When it comes to gunplay, sure, but when it comes to sitting around looking like you got a Lorenzo Lamas mullet and having a six-pack, they all seem to be doing that pretty well. Yeah, when it comes to just living off daddy's money, they're doing that pretty well, too. Well, sure. I mean, who wouldn't if they had the opportunity? Yeah, I know. I'm not speaking about being mad at them. I'm just jealous, all right? What are you, <laughs> nuts? Uh well, only if I weren't jealous of the abs that he is rocking, especially later on when he's got the cowboy hat on. And right? I'm Back to having by curious weeks. <laughs> then uh, Shane is told about Mika, and we see Bruce listening to a radio message, and he must know what that means because he starts getting dressed to head out. Uh, then we cut to Donna and Nicole hitting a plane to get the fuck to Hawaii. Uh, when Bruce and Shane get to the airport, Cole is there, and Bruce is really put off by this. And they actually go into a hangar, and Bruce and Shane talk more about Cole. And um, again, what does an Elbeline do? Shane can't hit shit with his gun, and Shane's like, oh, I trust this guy. He seems all right. Mika trusted him. You must trust him. Well, you know, he has no instincts either. So he can't shoot. He has no instincts. What fucking good could you possibly be as a fucking secret agent? Uh, he can distract people with his abs? I, I guess, but holy Jesus. <laughs> I mean... God damn, that's just annoying. <laughs> well, that's why it's the ladies of lethal or the lethal ladies. The men are only there to service the ladies yeah. and reload the weapons. But, 
you know, the Abilene's because they are the money men, they get to be basically, you know, tricked into thinking that they're helping. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know, man. That guy just doesn't. It, no one should take him seriously then. Uh, they don't. They hand him the shake and bake that's already in the bag with a chicken in it, and they say, here, you can help. And he goes, I'm helping, and he shakes the bag. <laughs> Look at me. I helped. So then, as they talk, we see Cole is listening, and he's finding out when the ladies will land, and he runs off and makes a call of his own. Then we get a topless hot tub radio broadcast. Listen, when we're doing this show, I am stark naked in a hot tub. Usually, it's just the way I have to do it. It's just not how I find my anyone. center. They know you can't afford a hot tub. I know, right? <laughs> hey, listen. You can't scam your way into a hot tub. Uh, but I want to be in a hot tub. It sounds so nice and inviting, especially that one. Can we talk about how dangerous it is to handle a microphone <laughs> on a body of water? Yeah. I didn't know if you were uh, going to bring it up. <laughs> can we talk about how incredibly dangerous it is to handle a fully wired microphone when you're sitting in a body of water? Can we talk about how easily you can be electrocuted <laughs> by equipment, <laughs> particularly handheld equipment that has a ground wire that hooks up to the metal that you're holding in your hand? That was unbelievable. I'm just like sitting there I'm like, you know, one splash or one slip and y'all are fucking dead. Her fucking boob shifts the wrong direction and it's going to displace enough water to end her life. And trust me, those boobs could do it too. <laughs> I was heavily distracted for the good portion of this sequence by the boobies in the hot tub. And then like right at the end when she's got the microphone and she does the last little thing before they cut away, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> and my brain went, that's dangerous. Literally, I didn't even, I, I'll be 100% honest, I didn't even think about it until you said it because of how distracted I was at that scene. <laughs> <laughs> to tell you the truth, I didn't think of it until we were mentioning it. And then my brain flashed on the fact she was holding the microphone. <laughs> I'm just like, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and that's the whole argument for this entire film. Is that dangerous for her? Sure, but come on. Come on. Anyway, um, the ladies land and we see that there's a dude sitting in a Jeep and he has a taser. So obviously some bad shit's getting ready to go down. So uh, Donna, after they land, she said she's going to go ahead and tie the plane down, kind of get it set to be put away. And as she's doing it, she gets tased. Uh, they put her on a plane, and they get the trigger from her, and they take off. Uh, then the other group on the ground still have a shootout with Taser Guy, and he is shot and killed. Um, then we cut to Tent Kane calling Donna on the plane, and that is our next clip. Miss Hamilton, I greatly regret that I am not there to witness this. The moment of your death. Defeat. I'm willing to wait for a more convenient time. Ah, a charming idea. But no, this is the way it must be. My main objective was to recover my stolen property, which has been accomplished. I didn't realize you were such an avid art collector. The finest art always holds more than meets the eye. As a work of art yourself, you should appreciate that. Ah, cute of you to say. It is my pleasure, Miss Hamilton. Just as it is now my pleasure to order your death. My men will drop you from 3,000 feet into the arms of the Pacific. Parachute optional? Parachute not included. Bye, Donna Hamilton. You are a worthy adversary. 
So, right as Donna's about ready to be murdered, she fucking starts fighting back, throws the guy who's gonna shoot her out of the fucking plane, grabs a parachute, and then grabs the trigger, and then, as she argues with the pilot, she drops a live grenade and jumps out, blowing out the plane. And Kane hears it all. So, whoops. Is it just me, or was this possibly the sexiest goddamn thing you've seen Donna Hamilton do yet? Yeah, that was that was pretty fucking cool. I mean, what, what? I was so hot for Donna Spear in this scene. It she was fucking, pretty badass. She fucking took everyone on. She didn't take shit from fucking no one. This is the kind of stuff that I would love to see in a revival of like these like direct to video type action films where it's just ladies kicking the living shit out of everybody and just looking fabulous doing like real shit, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But yeah, I would love to see that kind of shit. Well, okay. So Donna Spears martial arts fighting has improved over the movies. I will give her that. But she did not start off as an action star in kicking ass. But when we do see that a lady can, in fact, kick ass and do a good job of it, those are some of my favorite action films. Maybe they're doing it while they're naked. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, do I prefer that? Yes. Are you looking forward at all to the standalone Black Widow movie? I mean, if I live long enough, if it ever actually gets released, sure, I'm there for it. Okay. I just want to ask because that'll be a a women ass kicking film. Did I like Atomic Blonde, even though I have no idea what the fuck happened in it? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Fuck it. Who does know what happened? So now Kane is very worried. In the boat, he decides will go, and they will try to find Donna. Uh, And he sends out Cole as well to go find her. So then uh, in the the woman's name with him, her name's Silk, and she wonders why Kane trusts Cole so much. And Cole, and Kane says he trusts Cole because he has something more important than anything else. He, he, he gets Cole's fear. So, so then Silk calls Ava and lets her know what's up. So then we cut to, we see Donna's knocked out on like on a rock on like an island. When she lands, you actually see her fall and hit the rock, and then it's really conveniently placed for her just to lay there and have her head down. I guess, because I never saw her land and hit the rock, so I might have had my head down taking notes, because I was like, wow, that's weird. I never saw her land and hit that rock, but I figured that's just how they're going to do this fucking movie. So The position that they come back to that she's just laying there is how she hit the rock. Like You see the parachute go over top of her, and then her head's there with the rock and blood, and they have sort of like a noise sound effect. Yeah, I saw that. I just never saw her land. Um, well, that's that's basically what they did. Is a, yeah. you don't really see her land; you just see the parachute moving, and she's apparently hit a rock head first. Oh well, that had to be hurtful and painful and all that. So good times. So then some men find her and they take her. And so then we see Cole getting in a chopper to fly away. We see Edie driving to the airport, and she meets up with Lucas, who's getting into town. And that is our next clip. Lucas, we know where the base is. She blew up the plane and bailed out near one of Kane's smuggling bases. It's Laison Island, about 200 miles from here. Have Ava send out a message. Already on it. If Donna's anywhere near a radio, she'll get word. Good work. Lucas, I think it's time to go get Donna. You and Bruce leave as soon as you're ready. So they're getting ready to hit the town. Uh, Cole lands in his chopper, and then we cut to Edie and Lucas. They decide, hey, we have a down moment, and they bone. So thank you, movie, because that wasn't too bad. 
I mean, Edie gets naked. The only drawback to this is that Lucas guy is really weird looking, and I he feel is. bad for the actress playing Edie unless she's married to him. Well, and this is a different Lucas, too. Different actor playing Lucas. You can just tell the look on his face is saying, oh my god, I can't believe how fucking lucky I am to get this part. Yeah, he's all like, this is... uh this is the stuff right here, folks. This is pretty happy. <laughs> and, this is uh, the American dream. I also have to say that Cynthia Broomhall probably needs some kind of award for acting because it really seemed like she was into having sex with that dude. Yeah. Like, she was really selling that she was turned on by him, and I just don't see how that it, is possible. That, that, I mean, that's the American dream. An ugly dude gets to you know make out with a hot chick. I mean, there you go. <laughs> There's nothing more American than that. It's not necessarily the American dream. What that essentially is, is you hope to one day have enough money to where they will pretend to like like you. Yeah, that's the American dream for most men. I (laughs) I thought we were... But we're we're talking the same thing, same language. I don't know. I don't know. You're you're using more words. The kind um, of money it would take for a chick like that to get on you yeah. would probably be the equivalent of what some would consider the American dream. Money. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So then Lucas informs the team about the device in the jade. So it's not just a, you know they didn't, they still thought it was just about an artifact, but he lets them know that it's a nuclear, pretty much a nuclear trigger. Yes, it's a very rare element nuclear trigger that is worth so much money that is hidden inside of a Jade Buddha that is an artifact. So that's why they hid it in that. Yeah. It's not clear if it really is an artifact or if they were just pretending that it was. But the real thing they want is this nuclear bomb trigger. Yes. So then Edie and Lucas discuss how Cole is actually a double agent. So now they're all well aware of that. So then Donna wakes up and the guys are actually who took her being very nice. Um... They look shady, but they're very nice. And they're at least not rapey for a couple of really rapey looking dudes. Not yet. But, you know, he talks about later on how Donna could fetch him a lot of money. So they're pretty rapey still, but they're not being rapey right now. And as Donna wakes up, it's important to remember now she has she is now suffering from amnesia. She doesn't remember anything. So uh, we cut back then to topless radios still going, and they're calling out now, sending out messages for Blondie, so who's Donna, so trying to uh, figure that out, trying to find her, hopefully she can hear them. Most Uh, of the messages are, Blondie, please call us back right away so I can get out of this fucking hot tub so I don't have to be electrocuted. I'm I'm pruning and I'm about to die. Can you help me out here? Then we cut to the kidnappers discussing Donna in our next clip. Look. We hold her for one day. He picks her up. We split $68,000. You saw that badge in her bag. She's a fed. We gotta get rid of her pronto. Kane knows what he's doing. Man, that bastard wouldn't lift a finger to help you. Now, we can't hold this chick too long or we're gonna have the Coastal Patrol on our ass. You're a disloyal gringo and you got a dirty mouth. She's got amnesia. You know what that is? She's harmless. We do what Kane says. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. Stop right there. Come here. Pico, out here. I'm looking for Pico. Kane told me the name of the man coming to my camp. It was a funny name. Do you have a funny name, stranger? Cole Waters. (laughs) That's funny enough. Where's the girl? In a big rush. No manners. But I'll take you to her anyways. She's been staring into space all day. She got a big knock on the head and lost her memory. Amnesia? She doesn't seem to know she's a fed. 
What does King want her for anyway? That's none of your business. No, maybe not. But I could sell a woman like that for very big money. Did Kane send you with very big money? You can take that up with him when he gets here. And that's where it gets really fucking gross. Yes. Um, so, ugh. So now Cole confronts Donna, and she, and while he's trying to act like he's her friend, she takes his gun and then takes it all apart and puts it back together again. Um, and as it looks like she's about ready to shoot Cole, she gets knocked out again by the, the guy wearing the eye patch. Can we uh, talk about how fucking sexy it is to watch Donna Spears field strip that fucking gun like it was nothing? That was pretty fucking hot, man. There's nothing hotter than a woman who's that strong. That's that's some strength right there. Well, and also <laughs> having the dexterity to pull apart the gun, put it back together, check all the stuff, do the springs, all that work. I don't know how long it may have taken Donna Spears to practice that or if that's just a talent that she has because she's innately a gun lady or whatever, but it made me want to go out and buy armaments. I mean, really, is that the only reason why you want to go buy a gun? I mean, no. I'm going right, to stockpile right. my guns because cops don't help you. I mean, that's exactly. a major Exactly. That's but, all I'm saying. But also, uh, if there's a slight chance that Donna Spears would field strip my weapon for me, if you catch my drift, uh, I would if, totally have a gun ready. And she maintained eye contact. That's a power move. Gotta love a lady that stares at you when she field strips a fucking Beretta. Right. And then uh, then we cut to these uh, two fucking idiots who are arguing over a Acme hovercraft. Um, these so- are the same type of assassins from Do or Die that were doing their bullshit uh, Louisiana accent yeah. type thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I do think it's funny that their hoverboat was labeled Acme as well as the gun they were given. Yes, everything's Acme in this movie. Everything. Um, (laughs) They've gone full cartoon. They went full Wile E. Coyote. Uh, (laughs) Basically. Um, So uh, then the two dummies meet with Kane, and that's our next clip. Let me get this straight. You are? Wile sir. And you? Coyote, sir. Wally and Coyote. Yes, sir. They're code names. Not our real names. Not our real names. Of course. It's remarkable how Lucas can track me. I want you to eliminate him and that singing girlfriend of his. Now. Don't worry, Monsieur Kane. Two for the price of one. When we are finished with her, she will be singing the song of death, and Lucas will applaud her from hell. (laughs) In other words, consider it done. Excellent. What do you think, sir? They're a couple of sandwiches short of a picnic. And he is not wrong. They are a few sandwiches short of the picnic. They're also a few jokes short of being funny. Yeah. Well, a few old jokes short of being funny. Uh. Yes. Every single bit of comedic routine that these two were supposed to launch off fails miserably. Miserably. So anyway, uh, Lucas, we cut to Lucas and Edie, and they're actually talking about how they're tracking Kane, and it kind of does a replay of the last movie that, you know, she turned sides, Silk turned sides, put the tracker in his little gem thing that he never takes off, so. 
There we go. Yeah. Um, the only thing that they did was excise Pat Morita out and then reshoot some stuff where she's handing the necklace to the new and the, not improved Kane. That's right. The new, the, more Caucasian Kane. Then, as Lucas and Nina are kind of talking down the, the, the beach, kind of having like a little fun day themselves, uh, the two assassins show up and start shooting at him from the hovercraft. Yeah, so they're sent to specifically kill Edie, yeah. and uh, gotta and say, I was a little worried we were gonna lose Edie like we lost Roxy earlier. Me too. I think they were supposed to shoot Lucas as well. They're supposed to kill him both. Yeah, but she was supposed to die. Like she's the primary target because that would destroy Lucas if he lost Edie. That was like True. part of the discussion that they had. And yeah. the entire time, I'm like, well, fuck, this is a different actor playing Lucas anyway. So what's that matter if he dies? Yeah. But don't you dare get rid of Cynthia Broomhall. It's one of the more enjoyable aspects of these movies. You take our Edie and I'll, just, I'll take your life. They take Edie, we revolt. We, we riot. <laughs> it's okay if Cynthia Broomhall just stops showing up in the movies. That I can deal with. You couldn't hire her back. Yeah, That's right. That's fine. Don't you dare kill Edie. Yes. No Edie deaths. So as they're firing back and forth, Edie has an explosive heel. Literally, it's only the heel part of the shoe. She breaks it off, throws in the boat. The boat blows up, and uh, the uh, both the assassins kind of wash up on shore. These are the same actors that were doing the stupid fucking Louisiana accents that were I like think all so. Cajun wannabes because it's like the same routine where they get arrested instead of killed. Yeah. And they even argue over why the one guy didn't warn the other guy and why the guy didn't jump off the boat and some bullshit like, about the, the Titanic. And, yeah, the captain goes down with the ship. It's like same principle, whatever. Yeah. Uh, this was all bad. This was all it's all really just bad. Terrible, terrible, yeah. terrible stuff. You could have cut this entire sequence out of the whole entire film. The only reason that it's there is to show Cynthia Broomhall laying around in a bikini. So I'm fine with it. So then uh, we see Bruce and Nicole land uh, on the island that they are supposed to be, you know, checking for Donna. Uh, another radio call goes out for Donna. And then um, uh, later on, Cole goes through some stuff and he actually is caught grabbing the jade. He is then tied up uh, as this pisses off the other dude for lack of trust. So then um, we cut to the group is trying to make their radio signal stronger to try to get to more radios. Uh, then we see Nicole and Bruce. They infiltrate the island. They have a shootout with a bunch of the other uh, guys on that island. And Cole and Donna are able to get free and escape. Uh, Nicole tracks them and watches them as they escape on a jet ski together. Uh, then there's a big fight with the main kind of boss dude with the eye patch and Bruce, and they kind of go back and forth, back and forth. Then he has Bruce hostage, but Nicole shoots and kills him anyway. Uh, then that was pretty awesome. That to was. Have. And then Roberta he's like, Vasquez, like deliver the line where she's like, it was a risk I had to take. Yeah, it's a risk I was willing to take. Yeah, <laughs> I could have been killed. That's a risk I'm willing to take. Which was basically like saying he ain't shit to her, but a hard dick, which was hilarious. Yeah, because then, you know, it's not like he felt bad because a little bit later on they boned. So it's probably just like, just shut up. <laughs> okay. Uh, so then we uh, cut to, through all this, Raven meets with Kane, and that is our final clip. Ah, my dear Raven, so good to see you. Extreme pleasure and honor, Mr. Kane. In this folder, you will find a map to a small island. You will attach extra fuel tanks to your marvelous gyro and fly there. And uh, what would you have me do there, sir? Get the jade Buddha. Kill everyone who stands in your way. It's all explained in there. You leave at once. 
I will follow aboard my yacht and meet you there tomorrow. So we got a plan there. Then we cut to Lucas and Edie, and they are once again getting ready to bone, and or they are boning, and then the alert goes off that Kane is on the move, and uh, that, that that really bums out Edie, and it bums me out too. Lucas should have gotten right back to work. <laughs> he could probably do both, where he could satisfy her and you know get on the move. Yeah, but uh, he chooses not to, and that's just that's horrific. So goddamn yeah. it, Lucas, get your priorities in order. I get it, nuclear trigger, whatever. All right, no one cares. <laughs> yeah, the world's about to fucking end anyway. You might as yeah. well climb on that while you got a chance. Exactly, and it's better what you than what you deserve. So you know, goddamn you. <laughs> Technically, uh, it's better than what any of us deserve, yes. but let's not go there. Let's not go there. We're talking about him right now, right? It doesn't have to be all about us. Let's focus in on him and his inadequacies to please such a woman as Edie. Yes, exactly. Uh, then we see the rest of the team is getting the alert as well. And then uh, Nicole takes Bruce into the ocean and they bone. Uh, I don't know. You think that's an apology bone? Like, hey, I'm sorry. I almost like I was willing to sacrifice her life and all that shit. But here you go. <laughs> I'll throw you one. Also, is deep penetration inside the ocean something that you really want to get going? Yeah, that's because salty. You got the salt water. And, oh, it seems I mean, painful. Yeah, it seems like it would cause chafing almost immediately because, you know, sex underwater kind of gets rid of all those natural lubricants that you need. Yeah. And then things just become a little bit chafy afterwards. I'm sure that salt water would make it that much worse. Yeah, I'm sure it's not, not a good thing. I think uh, you're you're probably right there. Uh, science. Personal experience. Yeah, ooh, really? Oh, dude, but impressive. Props. <laughs> Don't fuck in the ocean, folks. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't suggest it. Um, Unless you have a silicone lubricant, and then you're just polluting the ocean. But fuck it. The planet's done anyway. Yeah, right. Who cares about the coral reef? So Raven arrives on uh, that little camp there and finds the all the evidence of a battle and the dead bodies. So uh, then we cut to Cole pulls some really rapey, horrific shit on Donna and says how they're lovers and then they have sex. So he lies to a woman who can't remember and then he has sex with her. So that that's rape. That's what raping is. That's what rape sounds like. This may be the only way that a guy with a face like that could actually have sex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Certainly Especially. with a woman of Donna's caliber. Exactly. Oh. Terrible. Which is absolutely disgusting, and this is the second rape scene that we've had to endure, but then they sell it as actual passionate lovemaking, yeah. and Donna Spears' acting in this is kind of grody, because yeah, she's, she's selling it a little too much, and we know this is under false pretenses, and I'm right back in the middle of fucking Revenge of the Nerds here. Yeah, right? Jesus Christ. So then we cut to all the crews are starting to get ready for this kind of final battle, final you know, standoff. Uh, Donna wakes up. She's alone and she turns on the radio and while she's listening to the radio and there's announcements going through, including one for her for Blondie, she finds the Jade. And then she hears the broadcast warning her not to trust Cole. Then Donna like gets a hold of Cole. She tells him they know that she knows they weren't lovers and that she faked her orgasms. Then she stabs that motherfucker right through his fucking gut to the other side. So he good. brought a machete and a bunch of coconuts like to be like a after sex treat for them to replenish the fluids that they've lost. Yeah. And she got her memory back whenever she heard that she was being called Blondie in the radio broadcast and then touched the Buddha. And those two things healed her brain so that she could seek vengeance for the assault she just endured. Yes, of course. So then 
Bruce and Nicole, they're searching, and they see Raven's chopper flying around. Donna gets a flare from one of the jets from the jet ski she was on and fires it. So then Bruce and Nicole, they head that way where they see the, the flare go up. They meet up with Donna, and then Raven attacks. As they all run from shooting, he is able to shoot Bruce right in the leg, and he loses his grenade launcher while running away, but that's foreshadowing. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Raven then stops him as he lands. He has them throw their weapons down, and he blows them up. He then takes the trigger. He breaks the jade and takes the trigger out. Then uh, Raven takes off. And as he's taken off, he is told by uh, Kane to go ahead and kill the agents. So then we have a fire battle. Donna's kind of running off, and he's firing at Donna. She's able to grab the grenade launcher, and she destroys Raven and the trigger. Kane wants to head back to the island and kill all of them for this slight against him, but they realize they are surrounded. Back up for Donna. Bruce and Nicole is on the way. Silk urges him to retreat. Uh, We end here with another radio broadcast as Donna, Nicole, and Bruce drink coconuts on the beach. Roll credits. We've gotten to the point now where whenever an explosion happens, it way too close of a range for anybody involved to be safe. We just kind of let it go under the fact that we need brevity, because when he blows up those weapons with a missile, that would have that would have probably triggered all the missiles on his helicopter. And then some of the weapons being blown up, you're I'm pretty sure there'd be some shrapnel flying off of those weapons at all of them and probably would have done them in as well. You would believe that. Yeah. Another thing that we've kind of all lost on is that there's now there hasn't been a like ending scene where somebody talks about how they profited off this small little war they just had. Well, once Taryn has gone to trial in The Hague for her crimes, that straightened up the rest of the agents because she was able to keep her mouth shut. Or maybe she just got taken care of in prison where she hanged herself (laughs) by breaking her neck first. Who knows? Uh, (laughs) Or she hanged herself by shooting herself six times. Right. She fell down an elevator shaft onto some bullets. We're not even so sure how she got a machine gun in here. But regardless, once we lost Taryn, that war profiteering side story thing ended. Once Nicole came in, everybody started straightening up. So I'm wondering if Nicole is like a double agent for like the IA. Yeah, right. She's like, nah, you motherfuckers. What are you guys doing here? So they didn't do a nice like little wrap up to tell us everything that's going on. Yeah, this is this is setting up a thing. sequel where they're going to be versing Kane again. Yeah. yeah, that's another thing. I think it's just... Uh, they're kind of done, well, not maybe not now, but they seem to be kind of done with the whole, all right, let's wrap this up in a pretty bow while we're all enjoying drinks on a boat and talking about this past mission and, you know, all the shit we got out of it. So, uh, yeah. AKA, let's film the rap party as yeah, it's exactly. with one last let's, take. Let's do that. Let's film this rap party. I know. <laughs> I think they all could have done a little something special where everyone was in the hot tub while they're doing the radio. Or at least the ladies. Yeah, that's what I meant. And then the microphone could be very far away from the hot tub. Yes. Yeah. So no one gets hurt. (laughs) Unless it's the dudes. Yeah. Then we don't care. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, I, I give this movie a lot of shit. We did move through it very quickly, but um, this was another one that I actually really enjoyed. I did not get bored at all. It moved at a really good pace. His story was pretty much non-existent, so it was easy to follow. Uh, it, we had a plethora of beautiful naked ladies on display. More than enough shots of dudes with shirts off, if that's the sort of thing that you're into, but not probably enough for the folks that are looking for this for hot bods for dudes, but that's not what a Sedaris movie's for. It's for straight dudes that want to feel inadequate, yeah. really. Yeah, <laughs> that's what well, these movies are set up to and be. What it is is, uh, I mean, it, it, the reason this one went kind of quick and it's still enjoy. It doesn't mean just because the review goes quick that wasn't enjoyable. I enjoyed it too, but it's just there is not a lot of story. Some of these Sedaris oh. films have some story, so that you have like a little bit of a longer review, and some of them just don't. <laughs> What I so, dug about this one is the globe-trotting hunting thing that was happening that was kind of missing in Do or Die or wasn't done right in Do or Die. They perfected here. So yeah. we, we had we had some stuff in Do or Die that was really fun to watch with the globe-trotting, them being hunted and running for their lives that I enjoyed because it reminded me of the parts of Picasso Trigger I really dug. I think they perfected those things here. It feels like he was disappointed in Do or Die, so he took another shot with his hard hunting. Yeah, so he was like... Did like I said, the last movie should have been hard hunted, uh, and uh, it would have worked out. Yeah, this title would have fit better as a do or die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then but, again, guns should not have been called guns at all. No, 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 it shouldn't have. Um, but I, I still, I liked, uh, I liked that there was an international flair to it. It, it also seemed like there was a little something more, like a uh, little more stakes instead of just like money or maybe a few guns going one place or another. It was a fucking nuclear trigger, which could, you know cause some world endage so you know it, it felt like the stakes were higher yeah yeah i definitely agree with you there as well uh like i said this was uh very enjoyable not sure exactly where it's going to stack up but we're getting ever so closer to where every other movie is going to feel like it doesn't matter in this series for me man yeah yeah right now we're going to get what? to the point now that we're it's going to be a lot of middle films like no one won't be the best no. One, oh no 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 what's coming up next is julie strain and fit to kill that is our next movie uh-oh is that uh, is that a super duper one? Uh, Julie Strain, six yeah. foot tall and worth the climb in her own words. Julie Strain. Oh, nice. I've never. I don't know who that is. So I'm, you I'm will fi- you will learn and you will understand my obsession with yeah. Julie Strain in the next film next week. Awesome. <laughs> but we actually have some feedback we got to get to. So let's stop fucking around oh, and let's okay. get moving on that. Holy all right? shit! All right. Well, we're done. Well, I'm gonna play the corrupted youth promo because I'm giving that podcast the biggest push I possibly can. We're gonna have a little bit of cyberpunkish type uh, synthwave music, I guess. And when we come back, we'll do the feedback and some psyop news. Taste colors beyond any known spectrum as phonic euphoria cascades into your consciousness. Observe the laws of physics no longer applying to an existence that confines. Space and time will unravel and reform to a screaming new dawn, bursting with infinite possibility. It's as easy as listening to the Corrupted Youth Podcast, where the father-son duo of Dan and Brennan explore the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of Golden Age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. Corrupted Youth Podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and more. Take a break from reality, unlock your infinite cosmic potential, and become a dongle. 
Wow, so this shit reminds me of the music that I kind of did for our fourth year that was like real kind of gritty and grimy. And we had uh, oh, yeah, F13 yeah, yeah. doing the vocals for it because I was That's trying to right. do this like real like, uh, you know, gritty porn sounding uh, voice and uh, music going for it. Like that's what that cyberpunky synthwave stuff reminds me of. So this shit's right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That I remember that. We don't have time to talk about the past because now it's time for incoming mail. We don't get enough feedback. I miss being able to use fucking Chop Top all the time. Yeah, right. Okay, so this is coming from someone who is signing it off as Wick. I'm not going to use the real name that popped up in the email because I don't dox fans, only Matt. That's right. Wait, what? So, uh, Wick says, Hi, Court. I am extremely private and reclusive person, so I hope this email finds you despite my not participating on social media. I don't know if I should be reading this or not. He doesn't say don't read this on the air, so I'm reading it on the air because we got I mean, feedback. You, you read it. You didn't use his name, so it's not like anybody can know. I used the name that he signed off with, so there we yeah. go. Maybe identifying him as a he is too much as well. Maybe that's doxing. I don't know. It could be they. They. Wick sent me this message. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever pronoun makes you comfortable. Well, I'm just worried about how private and reclusive they are now and if I'm yeah. fucking doxing them or not just by saying this. Probably. I mean, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> it's too fucking late now. You're also a piece of shit, so here we go. God damn it. Okay, so they don't uh, participate on social media and they say, I've listened to your show for quite a long time now and I enjoy your and Matt's rapport, wordplay, and cooperation. We, we have cooperation. We do? Uh, in breaking shit. down each of the films, you we cooperate on the breakdown of the film. Yeah, that, that part's true. Yeah, okay, there you go. That we choose to cover on the cast. And by we, I mean me, because I choose everything. You That's have no right. Yeah, I don't choose nothing. I don't run Barter Town. Because if you ran Barter Town, there would be no show. That's true. <laughs> they go on. An introductory fan letter is no place for criticism. So what I will say is that when you guys are at your best, it's very much like how my life felt when I was back in film school, bullshitting and hamming it up with my peers after weekend-long marathons of cult exploitation and grindhouse fodder. That's essentially how this show got started, minus the film school and just add in the call center and yeah. the people that hung out with me after hours of work or, you know, and the weekends watching movies because that's all I ever want to do is watch movies. That's true. Thanks for that to both of you. I need a weekly dose of that sort of energy. Well, we're going to keep going as much as we can. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Till I end up on a ventilator and die. Yeah, or, or in, well, I mean, you'll just keep going if I end up in a ventilator and die. Right. I'm the thing that keeps the show going, not you. That's right. <laughs> You've ducked out of many an episode already. I have. <laughs> All right, regarding episode 255, I wanted to mention a couple of things that you may or may not find interesting. Firstly, you can almost always tell the difference. Oh, this is a breast implant scar discussion. This is amazing. Oh, oh all right. I'm, okay, <laughs> let's talk about it. All right, sorry to spoil. I read ahead and I'm like, where are they going with this? And now <laughs> What's I see going on here? <laughs> All right, you can almost always tell the difference between a breast implant scar and a breast reduction scar by the shape of the scars themselves. When a breast reduction occurs, there is usually an anchor, quote-unquote anchor, scar on the underside of the breast. It's a vertical line that tends to run from the nipple straight down to the familiar half-moon scars that you would see on people who have gotten implants. There we go. That explains it. There were no, no anchors that I remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that either it was only the under moon like the under half moon sort of scar underneath so i'm pretty sure that was an implant then yeah yeah that was definitely an implant 
Very, very often, there will also be a circular scar around the patient's entire areola. What a fun word to say. Areola. (laughs) Areola. This is because if a person has a significant reduction, they prefer it if their nipple is placed in the more appropriate position than it might have been when their breasts were larger or disproportioned. That totally makes sense. Yeah. This particular person, Wick, is very familiar with breast augmentation. You know, everyone has a hobby. I mean, I'm ready to start Googling some of these, like, scars and may or may not develop a fetish from them. Oh, boy. Okay. Let's just sell it down now. Come on. We got a lot more email to go. A person with just implants will just have the half moon. Most of the time, far underneath the boob, but sometimes around the areola or even along the sides of their chest near their armpits, depending upon their build. Sadly, no amount of makeup can hide these scars, as we've kind of noticed. Yeah, right. I haven't seen Do or Die in a couple of years now, so I can't vouch for the actress you were discussing with one of these two possible augmentations, but given your description, I'm willing to bet she had them enhanced, not reduced, which we are also thinking too now, for sure. Uh, that that was my adding to it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I was already thinking that. Look for the anchor scar. Sadly, it's the price a lot of women pay for more comfort, and it rarely lasts. They put that in quotes. And then it does say here, I've dated and known several women who have had reductions and they've all lamented that their boobs came back. That was in quotes eventually. So now they have scars and the same woes as before. Damn. Jesus, the body just wants to put some fucking front weight on, man. That's crazy. That sounds like a lot of almost like uh, when people who get LASIK and they're like in like 10 years, their eyes, like, eyesight goes to shit again. Okay. We got, we got some lighter notes here. Uh, it oh. literally says in the email on a lighter note, they own Pat Morita's mandolin. Uh, and that's an exclamation point there. They own Pat Morita's mandolin. Wick owns Pat Morita's mandolin. Oh, really? Yeah. How the fuck when, does he own his mandolin? Well, I got an explanation for you. Ready? All right, I'm ready. When he, meaning Pat Morita, passed away in 2005, Pat Morita's yeah. wife allowed Wick to have his, as in Pat Morita's personal mandolin. It's just a, in parentheses, they say that it's a simple bottle that uh, Pat Morita tooled around with and played on a regular basis for his friends and loved ones. They go on to state, uh, just think it's a cool story to let people know that Mr. Miyagi had a penchant for music and was ultimately far more skilled and an expansive artist than he was given credit for. He also had a completely Americanized accent uh, in real life and would sigh every time he was offered a role where he would have to go full Asian. Both of those American, uh, I emphasize Americanized, but American and go full Asian was in quotes, but he knew the business and he knew what it costs to stay in it. That's really interesting. Now, Wick has got an incredibly Damn. interesting life. Yeah. If, uh, if you have Pat Morita's mandolin and you know all all of this about breast augmentations. We need more reports from Wick is what I'm saying. I agree. Yeah, Wick, <laughs> you've been holding out on us. <laughs> give us some more information. We don't want to make you completely unreclusive, but <laughs> give us the deets and all this stuff. If you ever want to see him, meaning Pat Morita, at his most playful and best, check out a season two episode of MASH called Deal Me Out, where Pat plays a captain in a poker game. I remember that episode and it is fucking amazing. I think I do too. It was awesome. That's one of our favorites, actually, yeah. now that we're talking about it. I remember yeah. it now. Yeah, yeah, we love that fucking episode. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, almost, I, I almost forgot about it until you mentioned it. Yeah, as Wick may know, being a longtime listener that they appear to be, um, obviously, we're on the verge of making a MASH cast anyway, and this may have clenched it. <laughs> yeah, we, th- this podcast almost became the MASH podcast anyway. So... <laughs> 
I mean, we both thought it was a chicken. Yeah, yeah, we did. We thought it was a chicken. Uh, yeah, Cat plays or Pat plays the captain in a poker game. Uh, when Wick was introduced to him years and years later, Wick mentioned this to Pat Morita. How much of a fan that they were of this particular episode and Pat Morita's appearance in that episode. And like most actors who are weary of being known for only their signature roles, he was delighted to talk about that job and the good stuff that came out of it instead of wax on, wax off. Fuck it, I, I would assume. I wonder if he would like talking about happy days. Um, it's hard to find out now unless yeah, someone yeah, has an experience now. of asking we- questions about playing Alan Happy Days. Uh, unless, unless Wick knows. <laughs> That's all. Thanks for entertaining me every week. Thanks for taking the time to read this. Thanks for sharing the real you from time to time and reminding us depressive artistic types that we aren't alone. Well, that actually means a lot. So yeah. you're, you're welcome for that. Um, just knowing that, you know, you're not alone. Word and back to you. Uh, and thanks for showing passion for the corners of cinema that get ignored or marginalized as trash. Keep doing good work. You are appreciated. All my best. Wick. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah, thanks very much for that amazing fucking feedback. Now it's time to bring down the mood with some Psyop News. This one uh, came from uh, uh, the announcements group. Uh, Jason. Oh, that is our boy Jason, uh, who does the, I can't pronounce the fucking website to save my life, but I think it's Triscadillophiles. I'll just say it fast enough and it'll be fine. And he was on a show with Bo where they talked comics for a while, although that one hasn't popped up in a while. And I believe there's a Triscadillophiles podcast as well. Again, I can't fucking pronounce it, but hey, Jason, promote the shit out of your stuff at our group, you know, make up for this. Well, he posted this from the mirror. Humans forced to hide from sex addicted monkeys who set up HQ in a disused cinema. That cock and shit, it's like metal. Yeah. Unfortunately, locals in the Thai city of, I'm going to butcher this, Laburi, thought that the best way of appeasing the Randy primates was to feed them junk food. But the strategy diet, the sugary diet has made the problem worse. That or they just had a bukkake mouth party. (laughs) So the sex great monkeys have forced humans to cower indoors after taking over an ancient city while fueled by junk food. OMG, a jizz drinking game. The incredible sequence of events has seen an estimated 6,000 macacues run riot through the Thai city of Laburi. Everyone will be coming on my face. Every single one of those monkeys? Everyone will be coming on my face. That's a lot of dedication, man. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, I got to fly over there. I don't even have a passport. Uh, the Randy primates have set up an HQ in a disused cinema, lashing out at anyone brave enough to try to drive them away. Shut up. Are you talking about penises? Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, some of the residents thought that the best way of calming the overzealous monkeys down was to give them fast food. But this has just made the situation worse. Their new sugary diet and lack of tourists because of COVID-19 crisis has conspired to make life miserable for the people of the town. Oh, I actually have audio of the monkeys planning stuff out whenever they see a human. Oh, yeah, what's that? And I'm going to fuck it to death. Fucking Jesus, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's that's some serious shit. Everyone better be careful. Uh, the monkeys are laying their dead to rest in a projection room as locals struggle to come up with a plan to reclaim the streets. Many oh, have been. Is that me getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum? I don't think but, that'll help, Matt, but you can I don't, try. Yeah. 
The many have been forced to barricade themselves at home as the monkeys take over the streets. This is like traces of death fucked a porno. One resident of the city laminated that they live in a cage, but the monkeys live outside. Wait, they laminated or they lamented? Lamented. Sorry, did I say laminated? I said that's laminated. my fetish. Laminating? Exactly. That's your fetish? Yeah, laminating. I love that's it. That's my it's fetish. Fucking, it's just gets you rock hard. I have uh, a ragey direction. Yeah, right now we just talked about it. Uh, as she continued, uh, the Daily Mail reports their excitement is everywhere. They sm- the smell is unbearable, especially when it rains. Oh. Pull out and further degrade her by coming on her. Ooh. It's a lot of wet wookie out there. Man, uh, that's just the worst hand job ever. <laughs> the number of monkeys has doubled in two years, and in recent weeks, large brawls have terrified people living in the city. Now it's reported that parts of the city have become no-go areas, and the monkeys have made a nuisance of themselves by tearing through shops and businesses, leaving a trail of destruction in their wake. All blowjobs should be teethy. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. This hasn't gone down very well with everyone, however. Shop owner. Uh, shop owner has said that uh, they are used to seeing them walking around and playing on the street. If they're all gone, he would definitely be lonely. So somebody likes it. Let's jacket or something is what he's saying to the monkeys. Probably. Uh, <laughs> Your silicone penis budget is out of control. Uh, if they're uh, so then uh, this has prompted officials to back a sterilization campaign to prevent the population from rising further. So there <laughs> you go. You feed the monkeys junk food and it's already fucking rising. Yeah. What a fear boner. Yeah. I mean, it's all there. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to cost you some serious cock. That seems unfortunate. We also have seen footage of the monkeys all... Circle jerk! Just, yeah. sit, just sitting around. Pulling it just to pull it. Because they're bored and full of junk food. They're probably... They are probably just pulling it just to pull it. Well, I mean, Matt and I both know what it's like to be, you know, a horny teenager full of junk food left around. Pulling it just to pull it. With nobody it, else to do anything with it. You're You're very right. And it was so wrong when it happened, but it, it felt so good to so, be so but wrong. It, but it felt so right to be so <laughs> wrong. <laughs> and also it ended up being so wrong. Yeah, yeah. So wrong. So terrible. <laughs> All right. Before we gross out the listeners anymore with these <laughs> unnecessary <laughs> masturbation jokes, I'm going to play the ending Legion promo. We're going to have a little bit more retro horror synth style music. And when we come back, we will close out this fucking show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Helming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
very oh, spooky. Yeah. Very ominous. Very synthwavy 80s. Yeah, doesn't like it. Well, if you'd like to find some other things that you also would or would not like because it's creepy, I would highly recommend that you check out the legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops page where you will find all of our previous episodes, which may or may not creep you out. <laughs> You can join our Facebook group and complain about my lack of tone with my voice in my attempts to creep you out. It is Cinema PsyOps in Facebook groups. Yeah, who doesn't like Cinema PsyOps in Facebook groups? You can find me on Facebook for all of your ghoulish delights. I am Court PsyOps. And his page is the creepiest of all, because, you know, he, he deals in, you know, metal rods shoved up his rectum. Well, for that, you're going to have to go to Matt Psyop's page. <laughs> and also ask about the secretive group that he's involved with, with the metal rods. Yeah. No, don't ask about it. It's private. This is private stuff. This is for me when I'm alone. You can also email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com and ask him about this metal rod thing he's got a fetish for. No, it's for the lone times. You can email feedback to Court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com and let him know that his spooky voice is very disappointing. Nah, it's good. You got a good one there. I don't know what they mean by that. You can also tweet a couple of tweets on the hate-filled shitfest that is Twitter at a couple of twats. I'm at court underscore psyop, and he is at psyop Matt. <laughs> you can also have a shockingly good time on our cinema underscore psyops Instagram wall, where you can see photos of my cats, photos Ooh. of my refurbished tube amp, photos Ooh. of the highest quality memes that I have repurposed for our people. Because let's face it, there's nothing scarier these days than talking about the rights of our people, is it? How dare you? How dare any of us unionize, get together, organize, and form a group to kick the fuck out of these assholes and this week and make them all your bitch. What's up? How much? How you doing? I'm alive. Let's just get this going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to America, pal. Welcome to the party. <laughs> it's not like I ever fucking left it or just arrived. Yeah, no, I know. Just you've been in a good mood the last few weeks, and now it's a, I just let's fucking get on with it. I'm like, yeah, welcome to it. It just doesn't really feel like any of it fucking matters no, anymore because it, it, it really doesn't. To, to be 100 <laughs> honest, man, I'm sorry. 
I, I really thought everyone got this when I when I said it before, but I guess not. It bears repeating. We're all fucked. There's no way anybody can change the system. Forget about all this like fucking talk about. Oh, in the '60s they did it. Nope. That, 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 that. Save it for the Sorry, psychosomatic cast. Uh, anyway, but hey, you shit blood three or four times, and you know, fuck it, whatever. It depends. Is it coming out black or is it coming out red? Because if it's coming out red, you just tore something and you have a fissure and it'll heal and yeah. just chill out. If it's coming out black, it's further up in and you got serious problems. <laughs> or you just have Pepto-Bismol. Shit will do that. Well, yeah, but if there's also like a dis- like blood sort of color after it comes out, <laughs> there is no HR in Cinema PsyOps. Oh, man. <laughs> well, we got to get to work on that. Any of our fans who want to take the HR position. No, no there will Cinema be Psy-Ops. no HR in Cinema PsyOps. I will union bust this shit. Because <laughs> it'll be me having to deal with your bullshit complaints on a regular basis. Hey, fair, but come on. You want a better podcast? Start it yourself. I don't know, man. I think I'm going to make it HR. That's That, that sounds right to me. <laughs> Why don't you just do your fucking job for real before I fire you with actual cause? God damn. Well, fuck. I don't get paid. Anyway, uh, you're right. This show's over with. Goodbye. <laughs> Let's see here. So I said good day, sir. <laughs> Listen, you need to report to the HR office. You're getting a little crazy. I don't know if you know this, but we just started the HR office. So <laughs> do the fucking notes before I jump through this mic and strangle you. <laughs> okay. And uh, let's see here. So then uh, the Pope, uh, the the Pope, the boat. Like you would never want to borrow this guy money. No, I would never want to loan money or, to this uh, yeah, lo- yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't ever want to loan that, loan that guy any cash. Because, I mean, he is not paying you back. <laughs> it's kind of like whenever you give you any money. You know you're never going to see it. Yeah, you would never see that again. That's all going to drugs. So, I mean, don't, don't do that. You know, why can't I still eat, like, a vat of chicken wings and drink a gallon of beer and still have abs? Because you drank the gallon of beer. If you yeah. just ate the vat of chicken wings and stuck keto, you probably could have those abs. I don't think I could. Abs. Not now. I mean, maybe if I'd have done that early, yeah. But now, not so much. <laughs> no, you got a lot of work to chisel off before you can get to anywhere that'll remotely look like an ab. Yeah, I might just shave abs into my stomach. There we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just get a black magic marker and do it like just, a pro wrestler. There you go, man. That's that's all it takes. I don't know why everyone's going through this workout or shit. Bullshit. Uh, then the two dummies meet with Kane, and that's our next clip. Go jerk off in a Petri dish. <laughs> I mean, yeah, why not? Get after I it. I forgot to click on the right window. Here we go. <laughs> Three, two, one.
us unionize, get together, organize, and form a group to kick the fuck out of these assholes and this week and make them all your bitch. <laughs> Well, that was weird. <laughs> that was fucking. That, was, that that that's that shit that should have been done during Halloween. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna be honest here, man. Like, I'm craving fucking horror movies with all these tits and action movies. I know, man. I've been way. I've been like, man, man. It's been a long time since we've done a fucking horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert for year six. I got to get that fixed back in if we live long enough. Yeah, right. If we if we get out of this shit. Not that I'm not enjoying Sedaris, but man, I need some fucking gore here right yeah we need to we we need some like you know non-happy endings <laughs> can we have someone fuck a chainsaw or something please? yeah could, could something happen like that <laughs> <laughs> just stop now this is just ridiculous <laughs> fuck a chainsaw uh, yeah, I, I literally suggested happened. that <laughs> uh texas chainsaw 2 kind of kind of yeah you know, I probably shouldn't say that part now. <laughs> uh, then just stop recording before you do say something bad. And done.